0: And the Fitness Retention Podcast is
1: back with Giovanni Roselli. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: Of course. And welcome. Um, I found Giovanni in a magazine people can't uh, see, but I'm holding it up right here. You were nom- nominated for Trainer of the Year in 2018. Um, That's like, I think, an excellent starting spot. Maybe can you give like a brief introduction about your life in the fitness industry and how you got to the point of being nominated for that honor?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, So I started in the fitness industry roughly 12 or 13 years ago. I actually came out of it um, from being a full-time former professional wrestler. So I was a WWE professional wrestler, uh, transitioned out of that. Unfortunately, had a lot of injuries along the way. Through those injuries, I wanted to learn how to heal my own body. Um, Learning how to heal my own body, I got very interested in helping others heal theirs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my story starts there. Um, I've worked for uh, Equinox for many years. That's where I got my start. Have nothing but great things to say about them. They're a great company. I learned a tremendous amount through them. Towards the end of my tenure at Equinox, I became one of their master instructors for their education and curriculum, um, and I was one of their tier four uh, instructors as well. Um, transitioning out of that, I've also worked for Nike. I've helped them with several products and content and creations and some of their education. Uh, I recently relocated from New York down to Florida, uh, where I oversee um, the training departments of uh, a gym chain called Pure Life Fitness Centers, mm-hmm. uh, located in Delray Beach and uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and I also am a master instructor for Viper Pro, mm-hmm. recently uh, transitioned from Viper, um, Kettlebell Athletics, as well as Cortex. And I really enjoy uh, teaching Uh, all of those seminars, as well as presenting fitness uh, education as well. Uh, I presented for corporate uh, wellness um, businesses. I presented for things like the Wounded Warrior Project. Um, So I really like getting out there and and presenting um, where it got me, I guess, noticed by the uh, PFP, um, which was uh, nominating me for trainer of the month. Uh, which I won in August of 2018, and uh, that that led to me being a finalist for the 2019 uh, Trainer of the Year, which is where you saw me in that magazine.
0: Awesome. Um, It sounds like you wear a lot of hats. Yes. What does your day-to-day look like?
1: (laughs) Uh, It... It varies, um, and and kind of as we discussed earlier. So I have a seventeen and a half month old daughter, and uh, she'll probably hopefully listen to this one day. Who knows when she'll listen to this? So I just want to tell her I love her very much. Wow. That's cute. And based off of her schedule with my wife's schedule, my wife is a, a reading specialist. She works with dyslexic children. Um, so she has her own kind of full-time job and schedule. So for me, uh, a day could be train a couple clients in the morning, do some computer work in the afternoon, watch my daughter in the late afternoon, and then finish up on emails, phone calls, everything else in the afternoon. In the, in the evening, uh, it could be training a lot of clients, um, and that's it for the day. It could be having a lot of meetings with with trainer, individual trainers um, for for Pure Life Fitness Center. Um, I also have some clients that I train online, so it could be you know reaching out to some of my online clients or answering some of their questions that they have. Uh, some of these clients I'm communicating with every day. Uh, some of these clients I'm communicating with on a weekly basis. Um, so between the online training, one-on-one training, um, and then the master instructing. So then, for example, this Saturday, I'm doing a full Viper Pro, uh, workshop at Florida Atlantic University in, in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, so that'll be my whole Saturday right there. Um, so like you said, I, I wear a lot of hats. I have a lot of pots on the stove. I uh, can't think of any more cliches when it comes to that. Um, That's but weird. But I'm able to to balance all of them uh, pretty well. I think that's one of my, one of the strengths that I have is that I can I can kind of do multiple things at once, but still give uh, the attention uh, that that each each hat deserves.
0: Hmm. So I'm really curious about your um, your. You said you meet with like trainers one on one. You're the regional director of of personal training. Is that right? Correct. many trainers are you overseeing or managing What, what does that look like
1: so roughly around roughly around 20 right now and we're looking to we're looking to expand um you know into other clubs and locations um but that also means you know i could be meeting with fellow managers as well i could be meeting with uh, the owners, um, so you know there, there's there 's always uh, a meeting to be had when you 're looking to run a business and when you have a business uh, to run and you know that those meetings with the trainers could be anywhere from helping them build a business, helping them maintain their business, um, helping them with a goal that they have. I maybe they want to run um, some type of seminar, but they don't know how. Maybe they want to write an article, but they're not, you know, well-versed in, in, in writing. So I'll help them with that. So it's really whatever uh, the, the trainer needs help with is, is, is what, I'll, what I'll provide to them.
0: So I'm really interested in that because you, it sounds like you have a, a passion for teaching. Yeah. And you're also now helping people develop in their careers. Correct. And I see the two of those as being a really interesting point of focus for this podcast, which is the the fitness retention podcast. There's, there's typically a really high turnover in the fitness industry. And I talk about this with a lot of guests, but what do you do to help your trainers that you work with, that you manage to develop them, to be able to make fitness, not just like a passion or a hobby, but a career.
1: Yeah. So so before I answer that, I think to your point, I, I wanted to I want to mention that when I was working for uh, Equinox, mm-hmm. which is such a large, uh, large company, um, you know, there's turnover in any company. But that's where I really started to see it. And really and really it it, it, it interests me to see, wow, they're, they're that person's not here anymore, Well, that person's not here anymore either, or that person left, and that person, you know, and, and and the turnover, you know, a big box gym like Equinox is a whole other animal in itself, but it, but it is true, you know, in, in most, uh, in most industries and in most gym settings where the trainer doesn't really last that long, depending on your definition of, of that long, um, you know, for their particular for their particular uh, facility. So I I guess to to your and to your question is, um, something logical is, you have to find their it first, right? So you have to find what really drives them and what gets them up in the morning. Um, And then you have to decide, are they are they doing things to achieve that? Are have they already achieved that? And are they Are they happy with where they are or are they missing some steps along the way? Like if you tell me you want this, but you're not doing anything to get you there, then what I want to bring to them is, well, what steps can we take to get you there? And then not just going from A to Z, because that's when everyone gets all riled up. That's when everyone gets overwhelmed, right? So you're trying to develop some strategies where you're not overwhelming Any of these individuals, where what's the next right move? What's the next right step? Uh, If things are going well, how can we accentuate your strengths? Mm -hmm. Um, We all have weaknesses, so how can we accentuate the strengths and work on your weaknesses behind the scenes? Um, Mm -hmm. If things aren't going well at all, which, hey, you know, life happens, you know, that's a situation sometimes all right, how can we turn it around? But how can we turn it around? Kind of like when you talk to a client, and they say they want to lose weight or whatever, you probably shouldn't say, you're going to eat five more servings of vegetables every day, you're going to start doing cardio five days a week, you're going to do strength training with me three days a week, you're going to log your water intake, I want you like, it's just not realistic. And it doesn't last. And the the the, the people that do go that way, the research shows that it, it may last for a week, but then it falls off, right? So, finding that kind of lowest hanging fruit. What's the next step we can take? Um, a very small uh, step that's achievable and realistic, and and that's and that's your start. And then once you once you take that step, then what's what's the next step? And before you know it, I mean, it's cliched and and it's something that we all hear about. But that's really the only true way to make a sustainable um, goal a success, at least in my eyes.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned like logging your food and logging your water and doing all this because I mean when I started training I thought that the key to helping someone achieve big goals was to put in huge steps of action, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and what I slowly realized is like when someone comes to me and says I want to lose twenty pounds, it's twenty is like a really great number. You know I I would love you to lose twenty pounds also, but I want to talk about how you can break that down into like four steps or five steps so maybe it's like 5 pounds in x period of time and then setting up little goals to accomplish that so like when someone starts out training they probably want to think i want to be the best trainer in the world but realistically that's not going to happen unless you become a decent trainer and then a good trainer and then a really good trainer so it's interesting for you to put those two together because i i haven't talked to anybody that equated kind of like the really we'll call it like taxing stuff of like food diet like being meticulous with those things into the actual development of your career in personal training. I just think that's an interesting way to look at it.
1: Yeah, and you know what? You know, I've I've dealt with trainers that have a lot of experience. I've dealt with trainers that have very little experience. And you know, as much as a 22 year old trainer has all the fire and gusto in them to be the best trainer possible Mm -hmm. in the end you just don't have the experience of going through type different types of clients the experience of failing we all fail right um it's just not enough experience to get you to be that super trainer that you want to be, and that just takes time. Like things, things just take time. But that, on the other hand, that's why um, some good advice that I got from the wrestling world was, and they, they told when I first started wrestling, it was, what do I do? I want to be a great wrestler. What do I do? And the, he told me, he said, wrestle as much as you can, whenever you can and pick the brains of all the really good wrestlers mm-hmm. right so so that's another thing too is you know i always tell some of the trainers i'm telling you this stuff so you you don't have to make some of the mistakes that i made right so if someone if someone with with 10 more years of experience than you came along and said listen these are the these are the mistakes that you're going to make over the next 10 years mm-hmm. but here's how you don't have to make them i, I would i would be happy to listen. Um, so that's that's kind of how I paint it as well.
0: So do you view your role as like mentorship or like how would you describe the way that you serve your employees?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm honored if anybody calls me a mentor and that and that started in, in Equinox. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I finally got to a point uh in my career where i can pay it forward and that's another big uh big phrase now right pay it yeah. forward um but i've had so many mentors over the years i still do right so just because you be maybe become a mentor doesn't mean you stop being you know mentored yeah. um so i always look to to my mentors as well um and and i'm always um uh, i 'm always making sure that I kind of stay in my lane, so if if there 's something i don 't know i say listen i, I don 't know that i could I could find out for you um, i can I can put you in touch with someone who may be able to help you with that, um, but I make sure that everything uh, that I say and everyone that I have mentored over the years is I say things with one hundred percent confidence, uh, I use my experience of of the failures that I've had. I'm a a big proponent of learning from failures. I I look at many of the most successful people in in the world, in our industry, in various industries, and how they always go back to, I'm a success because I failed. I'm a success because I went through these obstacles and these failures. And I think the big difference is, is that The people who succeed, they've learned from their mistakes. The people who don't succeed, repeat their mistakes. I always like to use the phrase, uh, a mistake repeated more than once is a decision.
0: (laughs) I like that. That's good. Um, So, I mean, with everything that you're doing, the multiple jobs, multiple roles that you have, what does retention mean to your business, Giovanni?
1: So, in, in regards to my specific business, retention means that I have clients that are constantly engaged with the process and I am trying to provide an experience that also retains them but also can create a referral system. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'll, I'll say to trainers um, that I'm speaking with or potentially mentoring is, you know, oh, I want more clients, I want more clients can you get more clients out of the clients that you already have, for mm-hmm. lack of a better phrase, right? So if I take care of a wife, then she's gonna say, man, my husband really needs this. Mm-hmm. My, my, my And really right? so on and so forth. My, my friend would love this, and then before you know it, then you know her and her friend are working out together. Or, you know something, something similar to that. So I want to try to um, service the people that I have so well, so on top of uh, of everything um, about their health and wellness, that they start telling everybody else about me as well. Uh, that that's that's kind of one way. That's kind of one way I look at it. Um, I also want to make sure that I have developed a reputation with my clients where I'm always on time. You're, you can always count on me. I'm Mr. Dependable. Um, I'm never going to be that trainer that cancels on you. I'm never going to be that trainer that no shows on you. I, I, can't, I can't count how many times that I've, I've uh, spoken to a member or, you know of a club that's like, yeah, my trainer just didn't show up. Like, like I, I, I can't believe that. I know things happen. I know life happens. I know things come up, but if that's continuing to be a problem or, you know, the old, the other old expression is if you're not on time, you're late. Um, you know, if you're not five minutes early, then you're late. Um, so it's just the little things like that, um, that, that I feel like is a, is a good, uh, combination of of how I've been able to and how I kind of look at, you know, retaining, retaining the business that I have for the online business, the same thing. If someone sends me a message, I'm going to get right back to them. I'm not going to leave somebody in Michigan, uh, hanging, uh, when they're waiting for an email back or they're waiting, uh, you know, for some type of, uh, message back. And then I guess the last part, uh, something I alluded to was resourcefulness. So if, if there's a situation uh, of something that I don't know about, I'm going to tell you, listen, I don't know that. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know it. I don't pretend to know everything. I've created a good network of, of, uh, of people that can help me, whether that's specifically for uh, talking to a chiropractor, sending you to a chiropractor, or just people that know a lot more about the foot than I do. And I can ask them about, you know, you know, your, your, your diagnosis um so so i don't mind referring uh to to other practitioners and i think uh a lot of a lot of the people that i've dealt with over the years respect that that it's okay cool you 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 just you just said that you didn't know that but you're going to help me uh help me get to the bottom of that um so so i feel like that's worked well as well
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, I think that you touched on a couple interesting points that um, I think are really underlooked in the industry. And one is, is the network and how well connected you are to people that know how to do things better than you do or know more about a certain subject matter. I feel that that's a really big opportunity and it goes both ways, right? Like I refer someone to you, you refer someone to me we refer someone to this third person, they refer people back to us. I think that the network is really not developed or at least like emphasized when you're starting out in in the fitness industry. There's like this scarcity idea versus kind of like an abundance idea. Um, And then also like the, just the professional skills of approaching or the professional attitude of approaching this as if it were like a college admissions meeting or, you know, like a an an a job interview. Like you have to be on time. You have to be fairly well kept. You have to be energetic enough to make the client understand that it's about them and it's not about you. Um and I think that those are things that I mean like you're you're kind of preaching to the choir here when you tell me those things, but I think the listeners might get like a hopefully something out of it where it's just like this is a a guy who's one of the top trainers in the country and it's like so simple like be on time treat the session respectfully um i think that those like little things are huge and often overlooked
1: absolutely and you know i I think back to kind of kind of what you said and it's simplicity it's everything goes back to making things as simple as possible. That's for the goals that we talked about earlier, that's for the client, and that's for your business. And I, see, I try to just study people that are really successful, or people that I wanna be like, or people that I kinda wanna follow. And you start to see the same common themes. Like, you take someone like Mike Boyle. Mike Boyle is constantly preaching about keep it simple. Like, simplicity is sophistication like, and, you know, he's he's one of the best in the world at what he does. And he's been one of the best in the world uh, for a long time. You know, I I look at someone like John Berardi in Precision Nutrition. I'm a big fan of his as well. That's where I get kind of my simple kind of mindset from and the kind of the small steps that he uses uh, with Precision Nutrition. Um, For those of uh, people who don't know about precision nutrition—it's much more than a nutrition certification. It's kind of like a half nutrition certification, half psychology of how to deal with a trainer, uh, cert- uh, how to deal with a client uh, certification. Hmm. Uh, so, so I, I look to I look to people like them, in addition to all, all the other mentors that that I've had and, and have, um, and, and it's it's so it's so many of the common themes is. Uh, you know, keep it simple, be on time and and, and the other things kind of like we alluded to uh, the one thing they don 't teach really uh, in uh, in schools anymore is all that little stuff um, and here's here 's my example of that so i 'll get some i 'll get some resumes or i 'll get some people uh, reaching out to me for internships and and you know everything um, and you 'd be amazed or maybe you wouldn 't be amazed how sloppy just the, these emails are written. Now, if I'm a professional, how can I take you seriously if you don't even double check your spelling on an email? Yeah. I, 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 I can't. And hey, we all misspell things. Sometimes spell check. Sometimes, you know, I know the, the computer always brings one word when you're trying to type another word. But I mean, if you're writing for a job, you need to go over that. like. 50 times just and before you press send um and you know you'd be amazed and I have actually have them saved and it's one of the presentations that I do is guys these are these are actual uh emails and resumes that I've gotten over the years would you hire these people and and you you'd, you'd be absolutely amazed um I'm sure just like any other business owner training director Um, who gets a bunch of resumes and and emails, too, is it it just boggles my mind how someone wouldn't take the extra time to go through something as simple as that. Like, if you don't, if you can't show me that you you take your time writing an email, then why do I have any confidence in you that moving forward as a a trainer that you're going to do things like show up on time? Like, you're going to do things that, that follow the this, this structure of the organization or anything like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess you can say I'm a, I'm a little tough or, or harsh sometimes. But uh, I'm also, uh, you know, an Italian from New York, too. So I don't, I don't put up with a lot. Um, what do you expect? But yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's kind of where I, where I stand with, with, with that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, I think a lot of people just aren't ready to be hyped. And you need to learn that lesson somehow. And yeah. that's through rejection. And I'm sure I, I mean, I've sent tons of crappy emails when I was 21, 22, first looking for a job. Um, all right. So a couple of the big questions that I like to get into, and I think your perspective will be really interesting because you've been in, I'm assuming, a lot of gyms. And now you're responsible for, for helping run some. Um, and that's what's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow? To make more money long term,
1: Um, so that's a great question and that's such a such a big question. Uh, (laughs) I'm always going to tie it back. My initial response and answer is always going to be: Is your communication on point? Um, And whether you're running, uh, you know, a business just for yourself or whether you're in a business with with many others, I still think. there, it, communication lies all the problems, but communication all always usually lies all the answers. Yeah. Um, and if you know the the old expression, if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, you know it, it, if not everyone is on the same page, um, and. And as weird as this may sound, who's to say that you're on the same page with yourself? Maybe you're so busy just training people that you're forgetting about other aspects of your business that you're not even doing so you're not even communicating really with yourself and other parts of your business other parts of your brand um, so so I, I feel like uh, it always starts with communication good communication um, will lead you holes and good communication will continue to, to help a business run effectively and efficiently and then from there, everything else kind of kind of trickles down but i mean if there 's bad communication or there 's a lack of communication, then that trickles down everything oh there, oh there's a there 's a seminar next week i didn 't know that or oh uh, did you know that one of our trainers is on vacation no i didn 't know that oh well he 's doing ten less sessions this month that 's going to affect our bottom line like it, when that happens, those are just a couple examples off the top of my head, right there, yeah. where uh, the lack of communication uh, will 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 negatively affect, and just good communication can actually help make you more money, even though it it, it may not directly look like they're they're tying together. It does.
0: I think that um, yeah, to like to to speak to one of your point, of a project that I'm working on is just getting departments within a big box gym connecting the departments so that they have frequent check-ins with each other and it's not just like personal training and membership it's like marketing and personal training and customer success and the cafe and like all of these things play in with each other and to your point like it is all about the communication and I think communication is like a big word but it's often about the systems and procedures that you put in place to enable communication and to make it easier and to incentivize people to actually want to communicate like cross teams or between trainers or manager employee. Like, I think that there's a lot to that.
1: Yeah. And, And I guess to go back to my previous points is, um, if that's something that, uh, We need to work on, or you need to work on—not you, but the the listeners—is you know to go back. What's the next right step? What's the most realistic, as opposed to saying, "All right, we heard on this podcast, we got to communicate more. Let's start communicating more, and let's start meeting every day, and let's start sending fifty emails about everything going on." Just like what? What's the next move to go in the right direction? And then you try to just get the snowball to just pick up more as opposed to just trying to do, okay, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds, I'm gonna do these 50 things. Yeah. Right? So what's kind of the next, what's the next best step?
0: So so how about the same question? What's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of saving time, but can't say communicate better because <laughs> we know that applies too.
1: Yeah, um, so, so let's see. If, if I'm not going to say communication, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that kind of goes with communication, but that's actually like having a plan, like actually having a plan, not saying like my plan is to make five gyms. That's what I want to do. That's my plan. No, that's, that's not a plan. Um, having a structured set of steps to get you to get your plan in place, to have people in place, to put your plan in place. Um, I, th- I think uh, not enough businesses, not just fitness, um, but you know, cause I try to learn from as many people and as many businesses as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm surprised and amazed how Um, there's some, some owners, some people, some businesses that just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. And sometimes you get lucky in spite of yourself, right? But that's also why I think the percentage is what 90% of businesses go out of business in the first two years. And then another like 80% go out of business of those, uh, within the next five years after that businesses, uh, businesses, uh, fitness and restaurants are the two uh, businesses that are are most likely to fail, right? And how many restaurants do you see show up on the corner and then six months, it's a for rent sign, right? So so there was something that was missing and whether that's, you know what? We, We thought about putting a restaurant up here, but we didn't realize that there's also, you know, 10 other restaurants just like us in this place and they've been around for 10 or 15 years. Maybe this isn't the best place right and, and that seems logical, like, oh, what business wouldn't think of that? You'd be surprised, like we keep going back to simple and logical, but it it always goes back to huh yeah i g- I guess that I guess that does make sense if you have a gym that you know has ten other small boutique places in the area um is that the best place unless you're providing something completely different, but also like you're in the gym business and industry together. Like you don't want to necessarily put others out of business. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, in this, in this, in the same respect, like you need to figure out if, if you, if you're in the right spot to, to, to begin with. And if there's 10 other gyms, then maybe show a little respect to them. And, and try to find another place to go versus now you got to go head to head with them. Now you got to compete with them. You know, it, it's, it's just, it, it gets ugly and, and I know it's easier said than done. Um, but if, if there's just a little more of a, a plan in place or a little more of a thought thought process in place of, all right, so, so if I was going to build, how would that look? What are my obstacles? What's around me? Who do I know? Um, or if it's up and running, you know, do, do I have an actual, do I have my actual one year plan? Do I have my three year plan? Do I have my five year plan? Do I have my 10 year plan? Um, I'm also, um, a big fan of Thomas Plummer who, who does the the business of fitness and he always says, start with your exit strategy. So figure out how you want to get out. And then work backwards. Right. So, and that's a whole other mentality of working backwards, which, which a lot of businesses um, will, will, will tend to tend to think about, or a lot of seminars will try to, uh, will try to remind you of is once I know the end, Mm -hmm. then I know some steps how to get to the end but if you don't even know the end then how do you know what steps to take because you don't even know where you're going right so at least know where you're going first know where you want to end up and then figure out how to how to get there if that makes sense
0: yeah i mean it's like well you're you have been an athlete for a large majority of your life like when you're a kid and you think like oh i want to be a pro basketball player or oh i want to be a pro wrestler it's so much easier to be like, well, I should probably get in the weight room then, you know, rather than being like, I'm going to go to the weight room because I have these hundred outcomes that I could be when I grow up. It's like you envision something and then you just take the steps necessary to make it happen. And,
1: and to that point, that's exactly actually what happened to me. So I said, I wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah. And when I said I wanted to be a wrestler, I knew I needed to be in shape. So yeah. to get in shape, I needed to go to the gym. So that was my <laughs> those are my steps right so want to be a wrestler need to get in shape how do i get in shape go to the gym and then from there we we have a, a start
0: yeah i think that's probably the first step <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, okay so um a couple of the softer questions and then I'll, I'll let you get on to attending to your 17 month old um what's a book that you read recently that had a big impact on you
1: uh so i like to do a lot of reading what it, what did it well i had it let's see what did i what did i list oh it was a. Uh, what was the question because i had one very specific one that i wanted to uh talk to you about oh yeah. Change your habits, change your life. Hmm. Um, once again, very simple book, very effective book, good reminders. It was basically taking a look at um, hundreds of self-made millionaires and what do they all have in common? Hmm. Um, how did they all get to be where, where they were? What, what, what were their unique or not so unique uh, characteristics? Um, there's so many self-help books out there. There's, you know, there, there's so many um, things to go through. I I mean, I subscribe to so many newsletters and and emails too. I'm constantly getting, you know, uh, an email every day with some type of new, you know, outlook or technique and things like that. But I I read through them all because, because I always, I always say, what can I learn from anything? Right. Even if it's, I'm going to learn how not to do something. (laughs) I'm going to learn how not to send uh, an an email like that, or you know what? I'm going to learn how not to uh, give that specific outlook um, on on my business or to, to the trainers that I'm mentoring. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so, so that, so that's one, so that's one book that, and and it's just, uh, it's just gotten a little popular recently. It just came out uh, not too long ago. So
0: I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Um,
1: self-made millionaires. I'll, uh, I'll listen. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to to what some selling have to say, and I'll try to learn from them. I think. I hope so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. I. Uh, it's similar to. Do you know Tim Ferriss?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's Tribe of Mentors. I have one of his right behind me. It's not Tribe of Mentors. It's another one. Um. But he looks at like the common characteristics between really successful people. And it's interesting. One of them was meditation or like some form of meditating and like envisioning what is actually going to happen with your life. And it's kind of like you just said, like making a plan.
1: And that goes back to kind of centering yourself, making time, making that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, We're in a world where, we don't have quiet time anymore. Even when we wanna do something, we'll have the TV on in the background, or even if we wanna talk with our spouse or whatever, we'll wanna do work on the computer while we do that, right? But it goes back to being centered, having some quiet time. And sometimes I'll even fit that in after a workout, right? Because after a workout, there's a, there's a cool down, um, hopefully something like that. So maybe my meditation, maybe my cool down would be at the end of my workout, I'm just going to put a towel over my eyes. I'm going to lay down on my back. Maybe I'll do something with my legs to kind of give a little extra stretch. Maybe I'll put them up on a wall. That's a big uh, yoga pose um, for many centuries. Um, Maybe I'll put my legs in a butterfly and then I'll just breathe and I'll just try to clear my mind because I know that You know what? Maybe the rest of the day is going to be crazy. I just got my workout in anyway. Um, so maybe that's the time to do it. So just finding, finding that time and the ones who don't want to find that time are probably the ones who need it the most. That's usually, that's usually how I say it. Right. The one is like, Oh, why do I need to meditate? I'm I'm fine. Or what? Those are the ones who probably would, would benefit from the most.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting when you have like five minutes, oftentimes I find myself just being like, all right, I'm just going to sit here for five minutes and do absolutely nothing, because I know that the rest of the day I'm not going to get the opportunity to do that.
1: And, uh, and I'm also full, as you can tell, I'm kind of full, of full of cliches, but I mean, there's the other cliche of just like literally you don't have five minutes. Like if you're saying like you don't have, you have five minutes, you, I guaranteed your total time checking a phone was more than five minutes anyway. Right. So it just goes back to, are you making the time? Can you make the time? What are you doing to waste your time? Um, there's time. There's, there, there's time. One of my clients will always remind me. He's like, no matter who you are, no matter where, whether you're a governor in a state, no matter if you're a mailman, no matter if you're a fitness trainer, we all have one thing in common. We all get 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And how we, how we spend the time, how we spend those 24 hours uh, decides, you know, where, where we go in our, in our lives and our career.
0: Is that client wealthy?
1: That client is wealthy.
0: <laughs> Not surprising. Um, yeah. Have you, this, that just reminds me, we have, we have two things. I have to say a tangent real quick. Uh, do you know the comedian Brian Regan?
1: It may sound familiar. I bet. I bet I know him. If I saw him, for sure. Um, he, has a,
0: he has a bit about the, like uh, on the package of a pop tart. There's a toaster and then a microwave option. And it's like if you're microwaving your pop tart. <laughs> how you spend your time. It's just like
1: so. It, it, it amazes to me. Well, it it doesn't anymore. How, how much time is wasted in a day? Yeah much time is wasted in a day. And, and another thing that gets me is seeing trainers on their phones while they're training somebody. I mean, it, it, and it, it, we go at and they're probably all the listeners are like, really? He's talking about this? And it's amazing how many still trainers are, are doing that. And I can get the excuse of, oh, you know, I was going to video something. I was showing my clients something. It doesn't matter. It's how it looks. So yeah. if, I'm a, if I'm a member of the gym and I'm walking through and you're on your phone, that looks horrible. That looks terrible. And you're wasting your time on your phone, which goes back to our, one of our first questions was, are you absolutely in the moment on, of the session? Mm-hmm. Um, last question, and then mm-hmm. you can go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I, we, could talk, we could talk all night, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. I'm good for another hour.
0: Um, what do you want your, uh, legacy on the industry to be? Yeah. Um,
1: so I want, so I experienced, um, some really powerful mentors, um, early on in my career and I could literally look back on specific days and moments and Mm -hmm. say, I started to change because of that guy. Mm -hmm. I started to change because of that moment. I started to change because of that workout. Mm -hmm. And I could only hope and only wish and only try that there are people out there that will say the same thing about me is, man, Giovanni really helped me get to the next level. Giovanni was so influential in my career uh, early on um, and things things of that sort. Giovanni motivated me. To, to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I, I'd love to have a legacy of being known as a really good presenter, um, and being able to provide um, you know, really um, educational seminars through the products that I represent. Um, I really love the products that I represent and teach for, um, and I wanna do them justice as well.
0: Hmm. That's an awesome yeah. answer.
1: Yeah
0: um where can people find you giovanni
1: oh i i guess the internet uh, is a good place to start uh i hear that's a, i hear that's pretty good to uh to put yourself on nowadays uh so, so my website is just my name giovanni roselli.com um instagram is name spelled out giovanni roselli uh facebook giovanni j roselli um but if you just If you want to find me, I'm not really hard to find.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, All right. So we'll wrap it up. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. I I mean, I I emailed you cold or I I LinkedIn messaged you cold.
1: Um,
0: I promise you not everybody gets back to me, but the people that get back to me are always the ones who have the most amount of insight and the most like, I think like nuggets to provide to the listeners because they really have something to say. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to meet someone you don't know and come on a podcast you don't know a ton about. Um, I'm really grateful for your time. So thanks.
1: Thank you. And I hope I provided a couple nuggets or even if someone listened to this, and I always say kind of in my seminars, if you picked up one nugget, then you're one nugget smarter than you did when you woke up this morning. So mission accomplished.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: All right. <laughs> thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. All right.
0: Bye.